Hey, welcome back to another episode of the SDR Game Podcast. Today, we are listening to an episode that we've listened a few months ago with Brad Norgate. He was the top enterprise SDR at Cognizum, and now he has been promoted to an A-year-old this week, actually, so congrats for him. And today, I'm sharing this episode because this episode is one of the most listened and downloaded uh, on the show. And why I'm sharing this episode, I think this episode is also the first episode I've shared focusing on the processes of top SDRs. And that was uh, one of the first one, and people really give me a lot of great feedback about it. So... Enjoy the episode. Before we start, to let you know, Brad is part of the top three enterprises their team at Cognizum. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alric. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. When you reached out, I was really happy to uh, to join you on the podcast and hopefully we have a good conversation. I mean, I'm an SDR myself, so um, as you said, it's, it's about finding those resources, those podcasts that actually um, give you actionable tips. So I'm hoping that what we do today will be able to do that for, for my fellow SDRs. Perfect. And that's where I'm going to do today. So uh, before we start, can, can you explain what you do uh, at Cognizum? Uh, yeah, of course. What, what we do at Cognizum as a company or what I do? Both. Both. So, I mean, Cognizum, we're a, we're a B2B contact data supplier. So we're not reinventing the wheel per se, but we're, we're, we're taking a service which has been out there and we're doing it better. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the sales team, SDRs in particular, they all need contact data. So we provide them mobile, cells, emails, and that's what we do all the way from the, the small companies right up to the, the big enterprises of the world. In terms of what, what I do at, at Cognizum, I'm a senior enterprise SDR. So there are three sort of rungs on the ladder, if you like, of, of SDRs. There's commercial, which is anything under 500, enterprise, which is anything over 500, and then senior enterprise, which is the same as, as enterprise, but you have a higher target and you have higher expectations in, in the way of revenue and that sort of thing. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm fortunately uh, up, up there in the senior enterprise, and, and that's what I do. So a lot of cold calling, a lot of cold emailing, a lot of rejection, basically. Professional, profession, professional objection handler, I think. On, on which market are you working? Are you working on the, um, you, the English market, EMEA, or, or globally? Yeah, so we've actually, we've actually, <coughs> we've actually recently restructured it. So we, we used to be just EMEA. But now, um, so long as, as our name is on the account, our account executive's name is on the account, we can speak to decision makers from, from anywhere in the world. So I might be calling uh, Europe in the morning, UK in the morning, and then uh, US in the, in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm uh, from speaking to some other SDRs at different companies, I think that's probably a pretty common workday, you know, speaking to different time zones, different times. How big is the enterprise SDR team at Cognizum? Yeah, I want to say we are about the the enterprise in particular. We're about twenty five, I think. We could we could be thirty. I know we've got yeah. I think the enterprise team in total is between forty five and fifty. Sorry, excuse me. The SDR team in total is forty five and fifty, um, and then the enterprise I think is about twenty five to thirty. I know you already talked a little bit about cognizant, but uh, what's your ICP and your buyer persons? Yeah, so we have we we target. It's actually it's actually quite nice because we're we're, we're speaking to the go to market teams, right? Which is marketing, obviously sales, um, and and rev ops and sales ops as well. It's quite nice because we're also in the go to market team, so you have a little bit of of instant rapport um, sometimes, anyway. Um, and and so we're speaking to heads of sales development, SDR managers. Um, we're speaking to heads of sales, directors, VP of sales, uh, CROs, and then on the marketing side, the CMOs, the VP marketing, uh, all of those. And then we've also as well the um, VPs of RevOps, of sales ops, and, and directors of sales ops as well. So those are our three main um, ICPs, really. 
Right. And what kind of companies are, are you going after? Uh, do you have uh, a focus on tech or it's all businesses in general? As far as I understand, I know our, our RevOps team mainly um, identifies accounts based on their, their sales team size. And if they've got SDRs, we know that nine times out of 10, we can serve them. So there's not a particular industry. However, um, from my experience, and I think the, the company's wider experience, any company in tech um, is, is a good fit for us in particular. Um, but in terms of particular industries, I've got everything from sort of logistics and freight uh, all the way up to um, software and fintechs. So there's a there's a real spectrum of companies that we're serving. The the main uh, the main identifier I should say is is whether they have an SDR team. Yeah, which makes sense because uh, that's yeah, yeah. basically something they're going to use uh, daily. So exactly. Uh, so, um, as an enterprise SDR, uh, what's uh, your goals? Monthly goals or quarterly goals? Yeah, target-wise, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we have 10, we, we work on a meeting attended model. Um, so we used to be on an, an SQO model, um, but we moved over to a meeting attended model. Um, and our target is in, in senior enterprises, 10 meetings attended a month. Um, and we also recently have introduced a uh, revenue target, which is um, 125. Oh, I'm trying to think now. I, I want to say about 125k a quarter, um, and that's in terms of pipeline generation. So um, we have two two separate targets. Okay, and um, so that's uh, the goals. And now, um, do you have um, KPIs or? Uh, what's your KPIs? Your daily KPIs? Yeah, so we actually, we actually, um, our, our management team are very good at understanding different SDRs work in different ways. So we don't have something that is absolutely set in stone. It's it's very often different to different SDRs based on their conversion rates, based on how they book the majority of their meetings. There's no sort of blanket KPI. However, it is it it, it is expected that around a hundred touch points a day for the average SDR is what's needed to get you to target. So if you're underperforming, there's that expectation there, which is obviously emails, LinkedIn messages, phone calls as well, Elric, so. Okay, so it means that you can, if you're performing, you can do 50 touch points a, a, a day. That's what you're saying? Well, I guess from the management perspective, if you are, um, if you're, you're working, you know, you're, you're well on track for your target and you're, you're, and you're doing 50 calls a day, then clearly, based on your numbers, that's adequate for you, and you're you're overachieving with that. Versus someone else who might need to do a little bit more to get to the the same. So, yeah, I would say you're right. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That that's so. And also, it means that you you can make your own decisions on which channel you want to focus on, because um, you are not because I imagine for you when we are preparing this, you are mentioning that you are more um, focused on the phone. So I imagine yeah, I am, for yeah. you. Uh, on, on your KPIs, you have more uh, touch points on the phone. So uh, do you use the phone, but do you use also, also other channels? Yeah, I do use other channels. Um, most of my pipeline, and when I say pipeline, that's sort of callbacks, you know, your SDR pipeline, right, as opposed to the, the dollar amount. Um, most of that is all generated through um, my activities cold calling. But a lot of my, but but uh, you know, my follow up also includes LinkedIn messages that are hyper, uh, that are that are personalised to the company and sometimes to the individual, and then also um, emails as well. Um, 
So especially if you get referrals and things like that. So it is multi multi touch, but I would say in terms of the cold outreach, the bulk of mine definitely is is geared towards the the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know you mentioned that you don't have like a a set KPI for for each individual at Cognizant, but do do you set your own KPIs? Do you say hey every day I want to do 50 calls, or do you have uh, your own own goals? Yeah. So so I mean actually. Um, I think a big big part of um, being a success as an SDR is knowing, understanding your own numbers. Now, I, I hate the phrase, you know, that it's a numbers game because it, it really overgeneralizes things. But um, you do have to understand your own conversion rates, right? And and how many calls, how, your inputs to get your outputs, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um, for me, I know that I need to make or aim to make anyway around 60 calls a day to get enough connects or conversations to generate the pipeline I need to hit my target every month. Um, and then, of course, in between that, there's a lot of follow-up on LinkedIn and, and email as well, sprinkled in between. Yeah, what's your connect rate, average connect rate? So my average connect rate, um, because obviously we have access to, to mobile numbers, is on a good day around 15%, and then on a on a lower day around 10 11%, um, which is, is still above industry average. So we're quite fortunate here. Oh, that's that's really good. We we were we are at five six percent on average at cheaper. Well, listen, you got to use yeah. this is shameless plug, but you got to use cognizant contact data if you want to fix that. I guess <laughs> had to be done. Come on, it had to be done. Yeah. Too easy. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Uh, no, but that's good. Okay, and um, so you have uh, your sixty calls, and then also you mentioned LinkedIn and emails. Do you, do you set a target? Per, for, do you have a daily target for that also? Or? No. So so the LinkedIn uh, follow ups and the emails are uh, ad hoc. Um, so it's based on my pipeline of, of follow ups and hot prospects. Um, but I, 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 to give you an idea, into an average day, it's probably anywhere between on the lower end five LinkedIn messages, on the higher end ten, and then about the same for emails because these are really really they're 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 personalized they take time to to research these these touch points so that's why they're on the lower end yeah yeah um so now i wanted to talk about uh, your days um do you, how do you structure do you structure your days or do you structure structure your weeks uh, because i know for some people it's different they have like a, a, every monday they do the same but tuesday and the rest of the week they do something else or some people they have the same schedule for every how do you structure your days yeah I, I mean personally um i definitely prefer to structure my day i find that when you you've got a monthly target to hit it can seem quite daunting but i find always that if you break it down into what you need to do every single day that's a lot more, it's much easier, more digestible for someone like me um, as opposed to breaking it down into a week, right? So what I, I do um, to go into my, my day-to-day routine, um, Cognizant SDRs, we um, populate or prospect our own accounts. So we're given, in the enterprise anyway, we're given our accounts by our AEs. Um, we have around 40 accounts and then it's our job to make sure that we're keeping those populated and refreshed with the correct prospects, the decision makers, Uh, and and so in the morning I might spend anywhere sorry to, between. Sorry, sorry to interrupt uh, before you go in the morning. So you said forty accounts. Um, are they monthly accounts or it's a pool of accounts that you are con- uh, constantly refreshing? Or 
So it's a, you're correct. It's a pool of accounts that we're constantly refreshing. So we don't get a, we don't get 40 new accounts every month. We get those 40 accounts and then we drop and replace as and when it's necessary. Either we've booked a meeting and it's turned into an opportunity and we need a new account to supplement that or it turns out that it's a bad fit and, and similarly we need a, a different account to replace it. So that's how we work it. And do you, basically those 40 accounts, do you think if I, on a monthly basis, how many accounts um, are removed from, from your pool and how many accounts do you add per month, more or less? Yeah, I would say for me personally, um, on the lower end, some, some months it can be as few as two or three. You know, if, if, if you've got these big enterprise accounts that um, you've got plenty of prospects to go after, um, oftentimes your AE will turn around and say, hey, listen, we haven't had luck so far. Why don't you target these, these guys within the, within the account? Let's not drop it yet. But then on the higher end, it could be, you know, if you're having a real spring clean, it could be five to even on a, on a bad month, I've, I've got rid of 10 accounts before. But that's normally if I've been a bit of a bad SDR and I've let them build up. So, um, yeah. And uh, let's go back on your um, routine. So you are, to, you are starting to talk about the, the morning. Uh, what's your uh, routine uh, during mornings? Yeah, so the first part is um, that populating, that repopulating and keeping the, the prospects in the accounts refreshed. So that can take anywhere from half an hour to an hour. And that's really based on, uh, in the morning anyway, how, how, how your tasks are looking for the day. Um, so when you say, when you say I, refreshed, what do you, what do you mean? Sure. So, for instance, if I've been working account for two months uh, and I've I've had maybe 30 or 40 prospects that have gone through an entire sequence and I haven't had any traction, uh, I'm going to go back into the account on Cognizant Platform, for instance, um, and I'm going to find new decision makers, new prospects to put into Cadence, right? Put into sequence. So that's that process. But then also you, you're going to have new accounts, right? That You need to, to do that in the first instance. So that's the first half an hour to an hour of my day. Okay, what's next uh, after when you, you refresh your um, prospects? So next is confirming any meetings, of course, that you've got for that day. That's super essential for your, for your, um, for your show rate, right, is making sure that you can get them on the phone, you can confirm the meeting. Um, and so that's happening from 10 to 10.30, uh, any, any time in between. Um, and that's what, that's what I'm doing then. And how long does it take? Like 30 minutes, 50 minutes, depending well, on the Well, yeah, day. I mean, you're not taking the full 30 minutes, right? It could be done in, I guess, if you've got no meetings on that day, then you can skip this. You can skip this. Um, but if you're watching this podcast, you probably are, are booking enough meetings to be doing this most days. So, um, yeah, so so it's obviously just calling prospects quickly. That could be five to 10 minutes, really. And then um, when you confirm all your meetings, what do you do next? Yeah, so once you've you've populated your accounts, you've got tasks for the day, you're pretty much ready to start cold calling. So I'll have then a power hour, which is pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to get on the phones. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to call the prospects that I've got in my tasks on outreach. Um, and hopefully, if I don't book a few meetings, I'm going to get a few callbacks. So that's that's what I do with that hour, which is about 10.30 to 11.30. It normally works out. Do you prep your cold calling sessions? Um, uh, when, for example, do you prep your co-calling session for your power hour during uh, your first 30 minutes or one hour? Uh, which which part do you prep that? No, so so for me um, in particular, I, I in outreach, obviously, you can see your previous interactions with that prospect. Um, so what I prefer to do is actually just start that power hour 
um, call prospects. And as I go, I check their LinkedIn to make sure it's up to date. Um, and I check my previous activity with them, sort of a matter of seconds. Um, and I find that for me, that's enough with my cold calling approach. That's enough um, to, to give me everything I need. So there are other other SDRs in the office and that I know um, have a lot of success from researching very heavily beforehand. I don't take that approach. I, I prefer to do sort of a volume of cold calls. Um, yeah. For those who are listening, we're going to talk about uh, how uh, Brad cold calls uh, after talking about the, the structure. So now it's <laughs> about that. So um, you do power hour, then what's next? Yeah, so the next is um, either any admin that you've had. So hopefully if you've booked a meeting, you've got to create that opportunity in Salesforce. Um, and the reason I put that off until before lunch is so that I don't have to interrupt uh, my power hour to do that. Um, but also, so it's it's a little bit of admin and then a little bit of personalized follow-up over email or over LinkedIn. These things which are going to take a little bit more time. You have to really sit down at your laptop, do a bit of research before you send those emails and those LinkedIn messages. So that's what I do typically between 11.30 and 12. Okay, right before lunch. So Yeah, right before lunch. Okay, so after lunch, uh, what do you do? So after lunch, you sit down. Um, I prefer for me... That to get me sort of back into the after I've been out for lunch and I've I've been around with all my friends, um, I need to need to get back into the headspace of work. And so the way I do that is um, with more personalised follow ups. Any admin for the week that needs to be done. It's hard to speak on the specifics of the admin because it can be different, obviously day to day, and different companies will have different things. Um, but yeah, sort of a almost like a, a monotonous task to get you back into the right we need to get our blinkers on and start working again um so that's typically from sort of 1 to 1:30 so that's any follow ups any admin what do you do after your admin session then it's power hour number 2 for me um where i'm going to be calling probably the the state side the the us numbers in my sequence um, and pretty much with the same goal as the as the first power hour, just call as many people as I can, get as many callbacks or meetings booked as possible. For example, for the two hours, do you have a specific goal on number of conversation you want to have, or on number of calls you want to make, or uh, just try to to use? Well, it comes back to that. Sorry, Elric, I cut you off. What were you can say? No, no, sorry. no, no, sorry. It comes back to that understanding your numbers and your conversion rates, right? So I know that normally I need sixty calls a day, um, and six conversations right or six plus conversations from that would be a good result for me um so i try and obviously do 30 in the morning and then 30 in the afternoon um if i'm on a roll i like to do a little bit more and that normally comes in the afternoon uh, where i extend that power hour and just keep calling to maybe uh 2 um and and yeah that's what i would say okay and so after your power your second power hour what do you do Again, so it's it's back to similar to the morning. Any op creation that you've got to do, I do that now. Um, that's to save me doing any admin during power hours. Then um, it's going to be back to the, the personalised um, follow-ups. Um, so that will be researching some of the accounts that I've got, you know, taking some screenshots to send people in there of the platform or maybe recording a few vidyards, a few videos to send to prospects. Um, and normally I find this takes me about an hour um, to send anywhere between five and, and 10 personalized follow-ups. What's next? Yeah, so now let me have a think. We're at about four o'clock. Um, so I'm probably, at this point, I'm reviewing any sort of internal reports that, that are sent around. So we get reports like, uh, like responded but uh, not actioned. 
Uh, and those reports are really helpful. Those Salesforce reports are really helpful for highlighting anything that may have fallen through the net. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit in those reports. Um, and oftentimes I go through those at the end of the day and I, find, I call those people back that perhaps I haven't, I haven't realised and I might book an extra meeting from that. So that's normally, that normally takes about another hour to clear that. Okay, and so what's the on the report? Is it like, um, for example, inbound inbound leads from your accounts uh, that come? I don't know that they downloaded something on the website or something like that. Or... Yeah, so so not so much that. It's more Elric. Um, for instance, we have. So if I mark a prospect, um, if I've had a call with them or outreach can see they've responded to an email, but maybe I've missed it in my inbox, right? Um, or I haven't actioned it yet that goes into a Salesforce report and gets sent to me. So at the end of the day, I might have 10 prospects there that have either replied to my email, have have given me an objection on a cold call and I haven't set any next steps. And then I can just go through those and, and set the next steps that I need to with them. Oh, that's good. Wow. It is good. Uh, it's very yeah, helpful. I imagine because, yeah, I remember sometimes I was forgetting to do this kind of yeah. stuff. So I'm so very forgetful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but same because it's when you're doing too much stuff during the day, you can f just keep an email. If you forget to transfer to, to an email, so oh, that's that's pretty good. Um, and that's your last um, activity of the day. Or do you do something else before uh, leaving the office? Yeah, I, I think um, that sort of last hour of the day can be a combination of things, and it's never really. I, I guess most SDRs will probably relate to this because every day is slightly different. It's never the same. You know, some sometimes you're doing admin, sometimes you're still cold calling, and then sometimes you're doing personalized follow ups. But um, what it will be one of those three at, the, at that last hour of the day. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about cold calling because I know yeah, that's something uh, you are. <laughs> um, it's my favorite. It's your favorite. So, that's <laughs> so when we are preparing the episode, you are um, telling me that your favorite, that you're really good at building reports. Um, you are using a lot um, of stuff from Chris Voss. So uh, can you let us know what uh, what's your approach with cold calling? Yeah, so my approach with cold calling is one that's actually quite repetitive. I, I, most people in the office are probably sick of hearing my same intro every time. Um, but I, I like to keep it consistent just because then, you know, if it's not working, you can change it. If, if you change too many things at once, right, you don't know what, what is and isn't working. So I keep that the same, which is a permission-based opener, which I'm sure people have read about on LinkedIn. Um, from... Yeah, so, so that's pretty much me saying, this is a cold call, do you want to hang up now? Give me 30 seconds, right? And I think where I initially heard that is from a man called Benjamin Dennehy on LinkedIn, who's the UK's most hated sales trainer. He's fantastic, by the way. Anyone, any SDR watching this should go and have a look. Um, but it's, it's just a typical sort of Sandler selling style opener, right? And then I move on to my my intro or my hook, where I I... Whatever the ICP I'm speaking to, I'll say typically I speak to Elric if you're an SDR manager uh, and they, they tell me they're frustrated because for Cognizant anyway, the example would be they're not having enough conversations with the right decision makers. And then I'll move on to three problems. And the importance for me of listing these problems is it's a very quick sort of qualification piece. Either they've got one of those problems and we can have a conversation around it. Or alternatively, they're telling me they don't have one of those problems and I need to discuss that, explore that a little bit further. So, I mean, if, if it's helpful, I can give the examples that, that I would use on a cold call. Uh, can you do, well, let's do like, a, I'm an SDR leader, I'm your prospect runner. So what, yeah, yeah. what will be the, like the, the three, um, three, main, uh, three pain points for an SDR leader? 
Yeah, so Elric, I would say, you know, typically I speak to SDR leaders and they tell me perhaps they're frustrated, you know, the team have got the tech, they've got everything they need, they're just not speaking to as many decision makers as they could be. And they normally, Elric, give me one of three reasons for that. Either they don't know who to speak to in the companies they're reaching out to. Number two is maybe they know exactly who they want to speak to. They just can't get the cell phones, the emails for those people. Well, sometimes number three is they've got all that information. They've got a piece of tech that's trying to solve that. It's just not giving them the results that they were hoping for. Um, and then I finish it off with um, what I think has become a little bit of my signature, which is I've got a funny feeling, Elric, you're going to tell me now that not a word there really applies in, in your world. Um, and it's a little bit, it's a li when I started out, it felt a little bit cheeky. But it's a, it's a little bit different to just the typical, you know, does any of that resonate with you? It's a very simple, that's a very simple question. And actually, you're using a bit of Chris Ross's negotiation techniques where you're, you're almost daring them to say no. Um, so in actuality, what happens is you actually get a lot more yeses from that. So that's the reason I started using that to end that that sequence before talking about the hook you are saying that for example if they, you you don't have for example a prospect doesn't have like any of those those pain points mm -hmm. um you said that you're going to dig a, li a little bit more so what do yep. you what do you start asking yeah so El elric if you turned around and said to me now listen none of that really applies we're, we're all good we're all fine which happens quite a lot um i would say no that that's fine um i'm glad number one that it's going as as perfectly as it sounds Um, but my, my question off the back of that, Elric, would be, is that because your team aren't cold calling, they're not cold emailing, uh, they're, not, they're not using those, or is it something else? That's what I would ask to then dig into, you know, what's going on, what is their, their um, processes there, what is their current systems, um, or is this just a, a, a brush off objection, which is my job as an SDR to try and get past. So that's the question I'd ask, Elric. Yeah, because I imagine sometimes that people that are not listening, but then when you are asking this question, um, that's when you realize that maybe they are just um, not listening to you. So yeah. let, let's say, for example, they say, yeah, uh, we uh, we use, uh, even though I said, no, I don't have any pain points, but then I say, yeah, we, we, we my team is making, I don't know, 50 cold calls per day, for example. What do you, what do you say next? Well, I say, obviously, they're using the, the phone to generate new business. Um, are you telling me that that's going perfectly, Elric? They can speak to who they want, when they want, and there's no issues surrounding that. Am I understanding that correctly? And the reason I, I ask that, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing most sales leaders are probably then going to say, well, no, it's not perfect. It's never perfect. That's something I hear quite often, which for an SDR is like the golden egg, where you've just got a little bit of a foot in the door now to say, Well, listen. If it's if it's not perfect, what's what's going wrong with it? Is it that they're not speaking to the right people, or they're just not not speaking to? They're not having a high enough connect rate, and it just really these questions, Elric, just allow you to start a conversation, which is your ultimate goal with a cold call. Yeah, and um, do do you talk about benchmark for the an average of the connect rate, for example, uh, on the cold call with? Uh, your prospects uh, for example because if i say yeah no i think we we are good do you talk about a specific number because i was mentioning earlier for example we have five or six percent uh, average uh, on connect rates so that's if we compare to your average connect rates that's pretty uh, pretty low so do you talk about that it's less about um it's my approach anyway is less about trying to force numbers down their throat and more about trying to understand 
um, their situation and then positioning cognizant as a solution. So I've got to find a pain, right? It, for, in order for me to use my, my approach, I have to find a pain. So to answer your question, I wouldn't probably say, um, oh, your connect rate's 5%, well, cognizant is 10%. I would probably say something along the lines of, listen, it sounds like from what you're telling me, you're pretty happy with a connect rate of 5% right now. Um, I'm an SDR at Cognizant. We have a, a connect rate of maybe 10%. If, you're, if your team, if, is it fair to say that if your team were getting double the amount of connects, they might just book double the amount of meetings? Um, and then it's about getting them to, to notice that perhaps there is a bit of an opportunity there. Um, getting them to see the value of the product and really getting them to buy in and then we're kicking again we're firing on all cylinders and we can start another we can start the conversation we can carry it on um, so let's say now let's say I have a pain uh, when do you stop the call call um, do you try to dig a little bit on the pain and then when you find I don't know what you're looking for here but what do you do so when I started out um, cold calling, and certainly when I joined Cognizant, I was my cold calls were a lot shorter. They were like five minutes. Um, and once I got to a point where I realised they had a pain, I would very quickly ask the question, hey, listen, if Cognizant could solve that pain, is there any reason you wouldn't want to discuss this with me? Bang, book a meeting. But obviously moving up into enterprise, I've realised that that doesn't always work too well when it comes to pipeline generation, right? It becomes a lot more about qualification um, and and finding their pains, challenges and goals. So I've had to adapt that approach a little bit. So uh, the, the first half stays the same. And then the second half you asked about, um, once I found the pain, what am I doing? So now I'm going to ask them more questions about their current processes. I'm going to ask them what regions are they currently targeting, what industries are they currently targeting. Um, and then I'm going to position Cognizant as a, as a solution to specifically... Uh, those regions, those industries, those decision makers, and that's how I'm going to close it. So I guess to answer your question, once I've found a pain, I'm going to carry on to do another one to two minutes of discovery with that prospect before I, I come to the close. And that's just to, to make sure that my pipeline generation is as good as it can be. Still leaves a little bit to, to be desired if you ask my manager, so I'm still something I'm working on. It can always be better. Now, how do you handle the call, actually? So now you, you, you find the pain and then you ask uh, more questions around this pain. So how do you end the call? Yeah, so in, in the dream scenario, if you've, done, if you've done things by the book here, you found a pain, you've probably quantified that pain. So they understand that it's, it's causing them a problem and they're, that they're losing out. And then the last step is just to position Cognizant as a solution to that problem. Now, it's not enough, I've found, certainly in enterprise, just to say, hey, listen, Cognizant can solve that. Do you want to have a chat? Um, it's more about, especially if you're speaking to, to VPs, to directors, they want to know exactly how you can do it. So is this half an hour a good use of their time? So what I would say is, Elric, if we've had a discussion and I found out that you're targeting um, CTOs in Europe, um, and actually your connect rate is 5%, but you think it could be higher and you're missing out on opportunities. I'm going to bundle that all into one final paragraph, which is pretty much, well, paragraph's the wrong word, one final sort of statement, which is saying, Elric Cognizant can solve that by providing you contact data for X, Y, Z, um, and we can we can solve that issue, and, and hopefully the goal being um, to increase your connect rate and increase your pipeline generated. If we could do that, is there any reason you wouldn't meet with us to discuss this further? And if you've done the cold call well, then the answer is probably yes. So that's how I go in for the close. And uh, do you do the first call or do you have any taking the first call? So it depends. Um, it, it, for, for my meetings anyway, I'm booking 
99% of them over the phone. So it goes, in that case, straight to the AE. Um, but there will be instances where perhaps the AE thinks you've not done enough discovery and you have to do host a second discovery call over Zoom and then you then pass that on to a demo. Anything booked over LinkedIn email that you haven't had a cold call will normally have to go to a discovery call led by the SDR before you can put it on for demo. But but most of my my calls are just cold call to demo with the AE. Okay, and uh, when you say, for example, if you do the first, first a second discovery call, you do it and not the AE. So are you same? Are you just looking for a pain, or do you have um, yeah. some, something else to to find out? Or? Well, for, for me, um, if, if that happens, it, as I say, for us anyway, Elric, one of two things has happened. You've booked it over LinkedIn and you don't have enough information or you've booked it over the phone. But again, you don't have enough information. So you have to you have to. That's the goal of the call. It clues in the name with the discovery. So obviously, we've got a set of questions we need to ask. Um, but it's it's important for me anyway and how I run my discovery calls. Um, at the beginning of the call, I just lay out exactly what we're using these 15 minutes for. I'm going to say, listen, um, you've told me that you're, you're interested in Cognizant. I just have to understand if it's a good use of both of our time, if we're a good fit, can I ask a few questions? And if at the end of this, it seems like we're a good fit, are you happy to book a next step demonstration? Um, and then what that happens is by the time you've asked those questions, it seamlessly moves on to a demonstration demonstration with an AE. Now I wanted to talk about the... Um, when you are preparing this, you are mentioning that for you it's more about being relevant than personalizing. And yeah. actually you talk about this here. But um, so your approach is more around focusing on buyer personas and then talking about the, the pain points they have. Or what's your approach on this? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a, been a lot of noise lately on LinkedIn about um, is personalization better, is relevance better? And I personally, from my own experience, have taken the stance that it's all about relevance. And the reason I believe that is because it's a lot more scalable. So personalization looks something like, um, hey, I was on your LinkedIn. I see you went to um, City of London University. My uncle also went there. So it's, it's good to, you know, something like that, right? Um, whereas relevance is understanding your ICP, Elric. So if you were an SDR leader, understanding what they're complaining about in all of their management meetings and understanding how coldism can fix that. And it's about um, it, it's about understanding their problems and getting straight in there. And I find that to be a lot more a genuine approach. It feels a lot more authentic um, and and it's better than than personalization because you don't have to research it individually every single time you can call 50 sdr leaders and nine times out of ten they're going to have the same problems and complaints so that's why i i choose that as opposed to personalization but also you build them um, authority quicker for you because you show that you know them uh, it's you don't need yeah, to yeah. to look for something that on, on the linkedin profile because you say yeah i know your world as an sdr leader and i know well, your human pain so that's good because on the phone um, I imagine uh, prospects are going to listen to you quicker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've certainly found it anyway. I, I just think that w when I did start Cognizant and when I started cold calling and reaching out, you know, doing this job, um, I did try to use personalization, but I found that actually it just feels really insincere and it's it's just almost a little bit of an excuse for not understanding your ICP as well as perhaps you should have. Um, so if you really understand their pains and their problems, there's no real need for personalization. You can just get on the call 
and you're going to very quickly be able to give them the same effect by understanding, by showing them you understand their world. And it gets you in the same place, really. And now when it's talk also about the top-down approach, because um, normally in enterprise segments, uh, a lot of as I'm talking with, they're talking about the bottom-up approach, but then on, on your side, it's more the top-down approach. So um, what, what, can you explain why you prefer to do the top-down approach? Yeah, so I, first off, what's important to me is I don't, I don't want to discredit the bottom-up approach by any chance, by any, by any means. <laughs> there are, especially no, no. in the companies that are over 500, and if you're speaking to these VPs, um, some of them, it, it, bottom-up approach can be incredibly effective. I don't deny that. But for, for an SDR with my style, I find the top-down approach to be a lot more effective just because I understand my ICP and their pains. And if I can get straight to the VP with that in the initial meeting, then that's going to save me a lot of time. Um, and if I find for whatever reason that's not working, that I'm not getting through to the, the VPs, to the directors, then I'm going to move down, right? I'm going to speak yeah. to the managers. I'm going to speak okay. to... Uh, okay. And then yeah. you, see, you see what I mean? And then if, if that's still not working, then I speak to the SDRs. I need to find real quantifiable pain. I need to find out the current provider, what's going wrong with it. Um, and then I'm going to go back and then I suppose work my way back up. Okay. No, I, can I, you see I, I my logic you with why yeah. I'm doing that? I think it's logic because you want to prioritize the decision makers first and then if you don't get any replies, any traction, you, you go down and then you can leverage the information. And yeah, no, uh, we're not uh, not here to say, no, it's not the, the, the right uh, <laughs> approach. No, no, because like you mentioned at the beginning, it's a cognizant, you have um, the luxury because for me, it's a luxury to have uh, leadership that um, yeah. gives you the freedom on focusing on the activities you want. And so that's why I was saying that, because it's not like, hey, here at Cognizant, we do uh, RSDR process this way, and you, Brad, you should do yeah. this this way, and that's it. And yeah. so that's why I was saying, yeah, no, your approach, you prefer to do this, and so that's, why, that's what's working for you. And that's why generally when you talk to other SDRs, something works for them, but then it's not going to work yeah. for you. So you need to make your, your process. So... Um, so well, I, I agree, and it's uh -huh. about... I, sorry, Elric, I cut you off. What no, well, no. I was just going to say, it is about, you know, there, there isn't one mould that fits all. The job is really tough at times. Um, and actually, if someone someone's approach is working for them, uh, then then that, I think management should let them do that and try and learn those lessons from them and apply them to others and vice versa. Like, there's no one size fits all. So we are very lucky, as you say, Elric, at Cognizant to have that, um, have that freedom. Now we're um, almost at the end. So I have two questions before uh, we end the episode today. So um, what's your favorite resource as an SDR? It can be a tool, it can be a podcast, it can be a blog. Um, what's your favorite resource? Well, it would seem silly to come onto the SDR Game podcast and not talk about the SDR Game podcast, wouldn't it? But um, I think that's a little bit too obvious. Obviously, if they're already listening to the podcast, they're doing something right. Um, do you know what? My, my favorite Again, it also seems it also seems way too obvious to say Cognizant's contact database is the best. But genuinely, if we're if we're being totally honest, I love Gong. I love Gong so much because I I found, when I joined the company, there was no better training for me than listening to the calls of the top performers, um, finding out what they're doing, what's working. I can I can also 
I mean, on a much simpler level, it allows you to see when your prospect turns up to the demo so you don't have to sit biting your nails off and worry about them not turning up. But in terms of that training aspect, I love it because I can I can spy on the other top performers. I can listen into what they're doing. What can I be doing better? What are they doing differently? That's fantastic. That is like a fantastic approach for me. So Gong is brilliant. No, and it is because I remember when uh, at Chipper we bought the Gong this year actually. Uh, I think it was five or six months ago for, for the SDR team. And um, before that, uh, generally you need to uh, go talk to another um, SDR. But no, I'm sorry, no, we are using no, we are using Seslov. So we were using Seslov, so generally you are using Seslov, but it's not the same experience to, to find out the course. So, so yeah. Um, what advice would you give to a smart and driven new enterprise SDR? And what advice should they ignore? Most obviously, it probably makes sense for me to pick up where I just started, which is, you know, you need to make like a sponge and just soak up everything that your top performers are doing, right? So um, it's a matter of utilizing those tools like Gong or whatever it is, just listening to their calls, even if it's just sitting next to them and understanding what they're doing on the phones, what they're doing with their day that's that's helping them to achieve so much. You know, they're not they're not they're not superheroes they're not doing anything crazy there's things that that you can take from them that will work for you so that's number one um and then number two is a little bit what we've already touched on you have to understand your icp better than anybody else in that office that is going to be for want of a better word your superpower like if you if you understand better than anyone in that office what the sales director of a tech company in the UK has just gone into his boardroom complaining about and how Cognizant or or whatever it is can solve that, then that is almost a superpower when you get on the phone and you speak to these prospects for rapport building for everything. So that's number two. Um, and then number three is, is don't be afraid to A-B test and try different things and different approaches. You should run your SDR career like its own business in that sense you know you've got to try different things and fail you've got to you've got to try things that work and then iterate on those um you know it's really tough and and uh, in this job we all know that it is but people that aren't afraid to try a different approach are the ones that will keep winning um so you have to do that and you also have to really understand um your numbers your conversion rates and and how what you need to do to win, right? Your inputs versus your outputs. So that can be even building reports in Salesforce to understand those numbers, right? That Those are all steps that are proactive that other SDRs probably aren't doing, um, which all comes back to that proactivity versus reactivity, Elric. You know, it's on you to learn, to improve, to succeed. Um, not even your SDR manager can do that for you. So you, you've got to keep doing that. That's That's, that's I think all of my little SDR knowledge, I think, combined into, into one little thing. So, yeah. And uh, what advice should they ignore? Ignore, sorry. I think there's just a lot of, you know, I think that sometimes we're all guilty of, of um, especially when we're, we're new to a role, we get on LinkedIn and we follow everyone we can, which is great in some ways, but we we take every little piece of advice that they give, right? And we don't, we don't 
I guess what I'm trying to say is take everything with a pinch of salt, which means people are in different industries, targeting different job titles, um, with very different approaches, just because they've had an experience and they've shared it on LinkedIn, doesn't always necessarily mean that that's your experience um, or what your experience will be. So it's really tough to say what specific advice they should ignore. Um, but I think just having that attitude in general um, and, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably a good and safe approach for an SDR that's, that's crawling through LinkedIn. Not your stuff though, Elric. You should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I should say that. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> well, um, it was a really fun conversation. So thanks uh, for taking the time today to, to be here on, on the podcast. So I don't want to end it prematurely. So is there anything else that you would like to share? There's nothing, actually. I think, um, I hope anyway, that we've done a good job in, in helping the SDRs that are going to be listening to this. I'm going to probably go back and listen to this and see if there's any advice that I missed. Um, but Elric, it's, it's been a real pleasure and thank you for having me on. Um, I, I was really, really happy that you asked me. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And it was nice to see you. So, and thanks everyone for listening to this episode. I'll see you on the next one. See you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So for Spotify, to leave a review, what you can do is you can use your phone, then go on the Spotify app, then you go to the SDR game page, and then at the top of the page, you can leave um, a review. It's a, a five-star review uh, if you enjoy the episode, obviously. And then if you are listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, feel free also to leave a review uh, on your app. Thanks for listening, and I see you on the next episode.